0: welcome to another episode of the hat collecting talk show where we talk about the many different metaphorical hats that we all wear in our lives Uh, i am your host Lacey artemis and i am a creative jill of all trades and uh each episode i interview a different person to learn about the different hats that they wear the things that they do how they got into them and things they've learned along the way because nobody does just one thing and everyone has a story (laughs) Uh, I keep messing this intro up because it's kind of long. Today my guest is Caroline, and Caroline is a software developer, a gamer of all different types, uh, and widely active outdoors as well. Caroline is active on Twitter, where she posts quippy tweets, uh, in my opinion, and fights for trans rights. Uh, Caroline's pronouns are she and they for the listeners. Uh, Thank you for joining me today, Caroline. No problem. It is nice to be here. (laughs) How's your day going so far?
1: Um, well, I woke up at noon, and um, it's pretty been pretty good since then.
0: That's good. I, I like agreed. waking up
1: at noon. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, um, yeah, so um, I guess we'll start kind of the, the way that I'm starting this now is kind of a two-part thing. Um, whereabouts did you grow up? And uh, actually, let will just start with that. Whereabouts did you grow up? Um, I grew up all over
1: Louisiana, which is like for people not in the U.S., in the southern part of the
0: U.S. And so, I guess, uh, how long did you, like, spend there?
1: Pretty much all of my life until I was 14 or 15, and then I moved to Texas for, like, a very short period of time, and then I moved back to Louisiana.
0: So, um, yeah, uh, the question that I start when I kind of ask about people, where people grew up, um, what would you say uh, is... Like, What would you say is the most true and most false stereotype about, uh, I guess, Louisiana that you can think of?
1: Um, I'm not exactly sure what the stereotypes are for people outside of Louisiana. Um, I kind of think about New Orleans and also like Waterboy for like conceptions of Louisiana. Um, I would say the most true stereotype is that... Um, People there definitely know how to party and uh, hence New Orleans, but also like Lafayette and Lake Charles as well. They're all, they're all pretty fun. Uh, the v- biggest misconception I think would be like, I feel like when people think of the South, they think of a certain stereotype kind of, but Louisiana is pretty distinct from most of the rest of the South in that it's very derived from French culture.
0: i yeah, I heard that yeah um yeah and so uh, at this point we will do a quick uh, land acknowledgement uh, do you want me to start or do you want to do yours sure, first right <laughs> okay um yeah so toronto or Toronto is located on the traditional unceded territory of the mississaugas of the new credit first nations the huron wendat the Hauden- Haudenosaunee confederacy and the anishinaabe this is a Dish With One Spoon Treaty territory, and uh, I'm an uninvited visitor on this land.
1: Um, I am currently living in Denver, Colorado, and that is um, uh, an Arapaho territory and also a Cheyenne territory. I believe they shared it
0: um, yeah, I uh, I did do uh, I tried to look this up uh, as well in, in advance uh, for my own kind of knowledge and from what I saw on native-land.ca, which is the site that I recommend people check out to to learn this stuff or to start learning this stuff, I should say. Um, Colorado uh, looked like there was a lot going on there, so um, yeah, I think that one would probably take a little bit more time to really get a strong grasp on, but. Um, yeah thanks for um, for looking that up and acknowledging that and just to remind uh, native-land.ca is is not just for Canada it covers the whole world even though it's a .ca which is usually a Canadian site Um, so with that we will get into the show more properly Um, so uh, in the introduction I kind of touched on a few of the things that you do I know there's a lot more I kind of tried to like synthesize it down into I guess three main things we like to do kind of the hat trick uh, of the guest. So um, how much um, tell us a little bit more about the things that you do and how you got into them?
1: Well the biggest thing I do is probably programming because that's my career. When I was just kind of starting college, I suspected I would like it but I was worried that like it would ruin computers for me or something. Um, so, I started as a biology major and, but I eventually took a intro to computer science course as like an elective and um, it just kind of sucked me in and it slowly took over more and more of my course load until I changed majors. For skiing, I've always like been kind of fascinated by snow and mountains because Maybe when I was growing up in Louisiana, like, that was just an unattainable kind of thing. Um, But now I'm, like, all about it. But uh, skiing is a nice marriage of those two. And also, I like adrenaline. For video games, when I was a kid, I would use them to uh, disassociate to help me with, like, dysphoria and... um, generic social difficulties that are associated with childhood. Um, And it's just been kind of a lifelong habit that I still partake in. Other outdoorsy things, Um, camping and hiking. I was in Scouts as a kid and that, and also I lived in a really rural area and being out in nature is just kind of nostalgic and relaxing
0: um apologies to the podcast listeners again we're we're dealing with some unfortunate uh ambient outside noise that we can't control so um the the sirens shouldn't last very long when they come just be patient with it is that coming from your end i think it is yeah i live next to a very busy street um okay i'm sorry (laughs) okay um doubly, yeah, doubly apologize to the listeners, um, but hopefully they understand. Um, Yeah, we don't always have control over these things. I was going to ask the the biggest misconception in in your uh, view or your opinion, um, both on your career and on your hobbies. For my career, uh,
1: similar to my, where I grew up, I don't necessarily know what other people's conceptions are of programmers. I guess when I was, like, in school, the misconception was that, like, most programmers are men who live in basements or something. That's definitely not true. Uh, But before that, like, it was a different stereotype entirely. It was like programmers were all mathy, bookish women. Um, um, I'm probably much more similar to that one. Uh, But, like, really, we're all very different from one another. And just like most other stereotypes, they're just not true. For my hobbies, video games is probably the same. Like, until very recently, the stereotype for gamer was, like, men who live in basements, but, like, obviously that's not true anymore, everyone's playing games these days. I don't know what the stereotypes are for skiers, you
0: can't even begin to guess. When you were a child, uh, if you remember, um, what did you want to be or to do when you grew up? Well, mostly I wanted to be a girl.
1: Um, (laughs) Beyond that, career-wise, I think I wanted to be an astronaut at one point, Um, I wanted to make video games at another point, those are the big ones
0: okay what was it about uh being an astronaut if you remember like what uh interested you about that space is fun and cool
1: and it has black <laughs> holes and planets and rockets this is true
0: Science. <laughs> yeah yeah absolutely i mean i, I wasn't trying to invalidate it i was just like oh, okay please elaborate because <laughs> yeah um we've had a few people who've been like oh like dinosaurs like Yeah, there's a lot of, I guess, scientifically based uh, aspirations a lot of kids have. It's Uh, kind
1: of like a a really, it's one of the more, I guess, romantic kind of careers for a kid. Like, there's astronaut, there's fireman, there's,
0: like, big, and then there's adventure, and... um, Serving a greater purpose, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So here's a question for you, and this is not part of the, the script, but I'm just curious in the moment. Um, so with this, the kind of talk that's happening more recently about uh, people going to like start colonizing and terraforming Mars, if you were given that opportunity, it would be a one-way ticket. Would that be something you'd be interested in? I think it depends. If there were already people there, then possibly.
1: Uh, I do not do well with isolation. So if, if we're like something that wasn't an established colony, I probably wouldn't, simply because I don't think I'd be capable of that, but it is something that I would uh, fantasize about at night.
0: Fair enough. <laughs> um, yeah, so um, you you kind of do a bunch of things, you've kind of moved around a little bit. Um, uh, I'm still trying to find the way I want to ask this question. Uh, there's a lot of different ways to come at it, but I think the way I'm going to approach it today is—I um, don't actually know your exact age, but uh, actually, no, I do because you told me the other day. Never mind. <laughs> so, um, as we, uh, as a lot of people kind of know, there's this cultural narrative that um, you know, if you do things right, if you do, you know, capitalism and and normative lifestyle's right, like on your 30, you'll, you'll have everything figured out and you'll be all, everything's, you know, kind of good the way it's supposed to be. But that doesn't happen for most people. So uh, I'm curious, at what age um, would you say you felt like you had found the right path for you or what you felt was like the right path for you that you wanted to continue pursuing?
1: Probably my mid-20s because um, really once I found um, programming and like a STEM field, I guess, I reala- and I realized um, how attuned my method of thinking was to solving those kinds of problems. Um, it became obvious to me that that was like what I needed to do in life. It took me until really my late twenties to bring all that together, but because um, I was in college for like 10 years.
0: That's fair. Um, yeah. And I'm just kind of curious. And eventually when I interview, um, people who are like later in their lives, which I am very eager to do, I just have to find the people, um, to, to do that. But, um, I'm just very curious cause I know everyone has a different path and a different timeline and, and especially trans people, uh, have very different cause we kind of have to like almost restart our lives at some point. I certainly did. <laughs> um, so i'm just curious of how different people's kind of paths and timelines compare and what factors go into that and uh so the next question actually uh talks about that or or addresses that rather and so what was um doesn't have to be like the number one but like what was one of the biggest obstacles uh for you to finding that right path would you say the biggest i
1: think would be executive function issues Uh, they might've been gender issues, but I transitioned when I was 18 or so, so that like stopped being as big of an issue in my twenties. I have like ADHD and it affects all aspects of my life and it's always a struggle and especially was in college because there was more things to keep track of.
0: Yeah, I, I uh, as regular listeners or, or watchers will know. I also have ADHD or ADD. I haven't actually been formally tested, but um, yeah, I've I've been struggling with that a lot more in, in recent times. Something something about the structure of like higher education seemed to help me with that, I guess. And when I'm kind of left to my own devices, I tend to kind of get a bit more scattered and chaotic. Um, so hence the structure of this show and kind of the like, you know, series of questions I can just kind of follow (laughs) Uh, makes it easier than trying to just like, what did I, what did I want to ask? Um, Yeah. So um, another question here, I'm still not totally sure if I'm going to keep it, but uh, would you consider yourself a shy person?
1: I would consider myself shy, but kind of extroverted. i am not, those two combine in, fun ways, um, like I get social anxiety, but also if I'm not around other people regularly, I my brain does weird things,
0: um, but yeah, I think I'm a little shy. You're not the only one to give an answer like that. And this is another thing, like each person I interview and I get to find out, like interviewing a bunch of different people and asking them all the same questions. It's just interesting to kind of hear what the different answers are for, or this, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so we're gonna uh, kind of roll forward into the next uh, series of questions. I have a loose kind of, I guess, four four sections roughly of, of questions that are kind of themed together. So again, yeah, along with the, the idea of having everything figured out by age 30, there's this other idea, at least I have experienced, I feel like this is, is a thing um that you know once we grow up once we're adults um we're supposed to just behave and be mature and be responsible and we're not really supposed to like goof around or be silly or playful unless you know we're doing it with like a kid or something we're not just supposed to do it for the sake of doing it for our own enjoyment so but i want to combat that because that's an essential part of the human experience so what was the last silly or playful thing that you did on purpose i don't really
1: keep track of that sort of thing Um... But like, because I kind of just disregard the entire notion that I should be serious uh, and professional um, uh, beyond like respecting other human beings. Um, But some things I do relatively often, um, I often wear mismatched socks on purpose um, just because it seems fun. Um, Sometimes I get bored like with the way that I sleep and will sleep in the opposite orientation in my bed, just because I think it's fun and um, it entertains me for some reason,
0: little things like that. I appreciate those answers. (laughs) (laughs) I really do. I like that you're intentionally kind of flipping the script and just kind of just because, Um, that's really great. Um, So the next question in our series of questioning here is, Um, what is the last new thing that you learn uh, learned or the last new thing that you tried? So either like a fact or a skill and what is uh, something doesn't have to be the next thing, but what's something you'd like to learn and something you'd like to try?
1: So about a month ago, a Twitter friend of mine, um, Ellie Sage RN introduced me to rock climbing and um, that has kind of become an obsession of mine. Like obsession is absolutely a proper word for it because I've been doing it almost every day for the past month ever since she introduced me to it. Something I would like to try soon. I like aviation a lot, but it seems kind of unapproachably expensive. There are like paragliding and paramotoring communities, which paramotoring is like paragliding, but you strap a big fan to your back. That seems kind of fun, if a little dangerous in Colorado because of wind patterns around mountains. But um, I know there's a community here that does it. If I ever get disposable income that I don't want to spend on skiing or climbing, um, I might look into that.
0: Yeah, that's actually something I'm also interested in. And I uh, have a friend who's a pilot who, or well, not that's not their main career, but it is something that they do. They do have a, a pilot's license and I want to interview a pilot because like how interesting and cool would that be? So I'm trying to convince them. Uh, if not them, then hopefully I can find another pilot. But um, I've spent a lot of time on, on YouTube watching videos about kind of aviation and like, actually it's more like, a kind of famous plane crashes and just how they figured out what caused it. And like, I just love learning how things work, even if it's uh, through, unfortunately like a tragedy or disaster. Um, But also, and like, you know, the movie Sully, just lots of stuff like that is, is right up my alley um, as far as like what I get to learn from it. Um, So yeah, that's very cool. And um, actually skydiving is something that I'm. I
1: wouldn't Yeah, mind
0: that. Yeah. It's, it's like, yeah. <laughs> uh, so I have like a, a growing bucket list as well from talking to people and getting ideas from from them as well, or like reminding, them, oh yeah, I like that too. <laughs> um, okay, where are we here? Okay, so yes, this next question might be a bit tricky, but I like the answers that it's been getting. Um, what would you say are your two most dissimilar hats? And in this context, hats means either a skill or an interest.
1: Um. I thought about this for a while. You're right. It is an interesting question. It's not something I'd ever really thought about before. Um, I think programming and skiing, that programming is very mental, like almost entirely mental and it's very like ideally very like hyper organized and structured and you have to be very proactive about things and you have to consider the future. Um, But skiing is like, it's almost entirely like reflexes and um, muscle memory and very physical and reactive. And there's a little bit of forethought in it. Like I should decide not to go down a slope that is prone to avalanches or is gonna lead to a cliff. But like beyond that, like it's almost entirely seeing the terrain that is coming at you and reacting to it quickly and appropriately or slowing down so that you don't have to react to it as quickly and appropriately. Um but yeah it's those two.
0: Yeah, that's fair. And that's uh reminds me like I, I've been kind of getting similar answers like that of one thing's kind of more of like a, a physical thing and another thing's more like a mental organizational thing. And I have that myself as well, certainly. Um And I get what you're saying, too, because I like to ride my bike a lot. And that's kind of a thing. It's like, you know, you have to watch for, like, debris and for opening car doors and pedestrians and all that kind of stuff. But otherwise, it's just a very, like, kind of focused activity. Um, Yeah, thank you for that. Mm -hmm. Um, So next question here. um, What is your schedule generally like? And do you have a peak time of day? Um, I did not have a schedule. I try to have a schedule.
1: I don't. Um, Like I work nine to five usually, um, that varies depending on personal needs and doctor visits and um, sometimes insomnia, like most of the variation aside from like personal scheduling conflicts is ADHD related. Um, It's, there's just an element of chaos in my life that I have to accept and manage. So no schedule.
0: Do you have, uh, like, is there a time of day where you feel the most, uh, like, on or the most uh, engaged? Like, not based on you have to be, but just that's what naturally feels like this is when I am the most productive or I feel the most, uh, I don't know what to call it, so I'm just kind of gesturing. (laughs) Um,
1: Probably three to four hours after I've woken up. Uh, And a work day that's going to be, like, late morning, sometimes afternoon. Um if it's a ski weekend, I tend to get up very early to avoid traffic. So around eleven. So I think it do, depends yeah. on which time I wake up.
0: Yeah. And so like on weekends when you don't have to be up for the job, are you still kind of more more, more morning oriented? No. Okay. Only if I have
1: to ski because If I don't get up early, there is no skiing because I won't be able to get up the mountain because of traffic. Um, Otherwise, I'm not a morning person.
0: (laughs) Okay, I was just like, oh good, I found another morning person. Oh wait, not quite. (laughs) Because yeah, I I feel like morning people, and I know it's not actually true, but in my experience, morning people are very rare. I don't meet very many people who are like, oh yeah, I'm definitely a morning person. So. um, I do like mornings.
1: It's just I can't make myself go to bed on time usually. So I can't appreciate the morning because I have precluded it from my day. Um, But when I am able to do that, when I am able to like schedule my day well enough to go to bed on time and do adulting, then I do like mornings
0: yeah it's it's an interesting experience to kind of flip it because I've heard from other people that same kind of thing of like when they actually get to experience uh like a sunrise or or kind of the quiet and the calmness of the mornings it's it's nice to them when they're normally always up late, and for me, it's like the inverse when I actually end up being up much later than usual and it's just like, oh, this is interesting <laughs> um yeah, so um continuing on with the questions here actually i'm going to pause here because i forgot to put this in um i want to just take a brief second to thank uh, my patreon patrons um because i have a few of them now so uh recently uh billy schultz of the nothing to fear podcast and Quarantine kitchen on instagram uh joined uh, my patreon and thank you again billy and check out the podcast and her cooking show and uh we also have my uh friend of mine lexi and uh, another person so starting to to build the empire from the ground up which is pretty cool so i just wanted to say thanks and uh give a give a little shout out there um so yeah the next question here um so with this pandemic obviously the pandemic has disrupted everyone's lives uh, or pretty much everyone's lives and uh, for some people that's that's worked out in some that's resulted in some some better things for other people it's been not so good but Uh, to try and stick with the positive side of that. Um, Are there any silver linings or positives that uh, have resulted in your life specifically because of the pandemic disruption?
1: Um, I think it's connected me more to trans Twitter a lot. Uh, Someone I think you interviewed before, Laura. Mm -hmm. Um, I joined their community that they manage, and at least early in the pandemic, I was going to... Semi weekly video hangouts that I would attend, and I made some friends there and still talked to some of them. Um, And that was really nice and positive. I would like to get back to that actually. Um, I'm just bad at scheduling.
0: Yeah, that's, um, yeah, that uh, I joined that community right at the beginning of this year, and I didn't really get active until probably in the spring, late spring kind of time. And yeah, there's a lot of really cool people on there. And yeah. I actually, uh, well, because I do a lot of uh, design work kind of just on the side as a hobby, which is on my merch store, hint, hint. <laughs> um, and so sometimes I post designs that I'm working on there to kind of get feedback, because a lot of them end up being like trans-centric or LGBTQ-centric. Um, just seems to be where a lot of my ideas come from these days. but. Uh, I like to just kind of post things there and get a bit of feedback before I post it more broadly and publicly. But yeah, there's a, there's a few people I recognize from, from tw- trans Twitter who are on there uh, here and there. So yeah, definitely check out Laura's uh, trans peer network um, and look at, uh, uh, I'm just, I'm underscore, just underscore lore on Twitter to get the, um, the invite for that. If you're interested, um, Yeah. And so I know you did touch on this uh, earlier on in the the intro or sort of more towards the beginning of the show, but um, with the the mental health. So um, everybody has a mental health, as we've established on previous episodes, and it can be in various range or various degrees of of health or or not. Um, But uh, do you want to talk a bit more about um, the mental health struggles that you've uh, faced and how you've worked through them?
1: Well, the big one is ADHD, for sure. Um, I also have some anxiety issues, but they're very well-managed with medication, really. Um, And I have periodic, like, bouts with depression, but they haven't had as profound an effect on my life as, like, ADHD has. Um, Usually, ADHD is the cause of that. So, like, um, but to deal with it, mostly, I have had a lot of help from family and friends over the years um, that I've been pretty lucky in that regard. I think like my immediate family is pretty much always there for me uh, to the extent that they can be um, because they have like their own mental health issues as well. But like, it's been very helpful to me. It's, I don't think I could have made it this far on my own at all. For ADHD, I also, to a degree, can, like if I have a very load-bearing kind of need, then I'll try to embed it in my routine because otherwise I'll forget about it uh, and just, it's it's gone. For some things, embedding something into my routine works fairly well. I don't really classify trans things as mental health issues per se, but for uh, like gender dysphoria specifically, when I was a kid, I would use um, disassociation a lot. I don't know that I would recommend other people to do that. I also don't know that I even had a choice in, as a kid. That's how I got into video games and stuff. Because when I was a kid, like dysphoria for me was pretty overwhelming until I transitioned. But nowadays, like it's more manageable. I still have some for like some specific things, but it's not as big of a deal. So now, like disassociation. I don't really think it's helping anymore. It's more of a bad habit that I'm trying to unlearn, but it helped in the past.
0: I've heard uh, heard a bunch of people talk about disassociation and I kind of more recently, I've had a couple of moments where I'm like, is this what that is? Cause I hadn't really, like I had an idea of what I thought it was, but I never actually looked it up and like researched it and to try and understand it better. But um yeah, I've had a couple of moments recently. Where I was like, "That was kind of weird," and I sort of felt like I don't know. It's hard to describe, but that's something I need to look into a little bit more myself. But yeah, a lot of the like a lot of the same struggles as you. I I don't really have had anxiety as much, but maybe maybe I'm discounting myself because maybe I would have had that more in the past and I don't really remember as well. But um, the ADHD definitely and the depression uh, a little bit more recently. But uh, thankfully, doing pretty well right now, <laughs> all considered. Um, yeah. And so you also did mention the support from, from uh, people close to you. And that's something I've, I've added to the show now as a new piece, because I realize that does also uh, relate to all this stuff, like how we get where we are and what we're doing. And But I'm more curious uh, on that one um, specifically, uh, how are the people close to you in your life? How did they? Uh, were they supportive of the like path that you wanted to be on, or uh, did they think maybe you should uh, do something different, or you know keep your options open, or things like that? Or has it been pretty supportive
1: for trans-related things? They were um, not universally supportive, especially not at first, but. They came around, I think. When I was 18 or 19, my mother played a pretty big role in helping me navigate finding an endocrinologist and a psychiatrist. Um, I'm not sure I could have done that on my own. Uh, like for ADHD, they've been understanding and like my mother let me live with her for a very long time. And before I like got to a point where I could mostly manage my own affairs, that was very helpful to me. And my sisters are pretty emotionally supportive, and to an extent they're they're all sort of like the cisgender people trying to be good relatives to a, a trans sibling or child. And, but then they're not perfect, but like, I don't think I could have asked for a better family.
0: That's lovely to hear. Um, yeah, I. Uh, like I said, I'm glad I kind of thought of this because there's a, it definitely relates to it and how, because um, like, I know for myself, I've had um, my two parents have had very kind of different uh, approaches to what I do or what I wanted to do. Cause originally I like, I've always been really creative and interested in like uh, design and, and music and um, stuff like that. And I actually did used to do programming as well a long time ago, um, which I did enjoy, but, uh, I think I was just too creatively, um, motivated that, that didn't, that was, that was overridden by desire to, to do other things. Um, but yeah, my dad was very much like, you know, get into the trades and my mom was just like, you know, I just want you to do what makes you happy, uh, but try to, you know, try to do something that's you know not just going to have you be a starving artist but (laughs) so yeah um and of course with the the trans thing like the family support there definitely makes a huge difference um so i guess uh, a bit of a fitting follow-up to that to the next question in our series i went slightly out of order here but it's okay um so the premise of this question is sometimes failure is a good thing um, because sometimes you try something and you fail at it and you realize, Hey, that wasn't right for me, but now I think this other thing is better for me. And so you like failing can help you find the right things. So I'm curious to ask uh, what is something that you failed at in your life that you're really glad that you failed at because it was for the best.
1: Having ADHD, I fail at things very often, most things. Sometimes it feels like a constant barrage of little failures. Uh, that, in general, it's made me, like, I think, very tenacious and resilient. I just have to kind of get up and try again no matter what because it just happens so often for some of those things. I might never succeed ever, but I'm going to keep trying um,
0: yeah, I mean, I, I can I can relate to that uh, in a sense as well. There's a lot of uh, people with ADHD. I don't know if you've had this experience so much, but a lot of starting new things and not finishing a lot of things, and um, that's yeah. why uh, I'm actually kind of amazed that like, because I've always had a bunch of different projects on the go, and it's just been hard because like I wanted to find I needed something that. Like if I was only writing, I would get bored of writing eventually. And if I was only doing music, I would get bored of music eventually. Mm -hmm. And so I had to keep bouncing around to keep myself from getting bored. And so finally, like, so I had these different, like, I call them verticals, I guess, in like the marketing world of the different sort of streams of things that a company does. And so I have my different verticals, but um, it, yeah, then I would have new ideas. Like, Oh, I want to try this thing. I want to do this thing. And so I found this this project now, which is scratching so many of my itches and um, really fulfilling a lot of of my desires and my my goals. And I'm still doing some of the other streams of mine, but um, it's a little bit easier now to manage because instead of trying to do like six different things at once, I'm kind of really only doing like two and a half or yeah, two and a half. Um, And that makes it a little bit easier to manage um but yeah I, yeah I still failed stuff totally <laughs> and it's just kind of like I guess I'm I'm in so far now and I'm just like I, I want to keep doing this so if if things don't go right I just gotta keep you know like this the show itself has evolved so much since I started and like I've added so many questions and I've dropped some and um and now I finally found a set that I feel like this is this is the set this is what the show is and so that's, that makes me happy. Um, so I don't know how you feel about giving people advice, but I am curious to, uh, I want to do this in three parts. So. If you were to give advice to a teenager, or if you, were a ga- um, if you were to give advice to someone your age, and if you were to give advice to an elder, because actually the preface for this I forgot to say um, is that we're usually, we usually usually think of giving advice as like something that only older people do to younger people. But recently it was brought to my attention that like you know anybody can teach anybody and give anybody like insight and perspective. So. Uh, I'm curious to hear uh, what advice you would give to teen, to someone your age, and to like an elder. Um, for a teenager,
1: like, I don't know about what the high school experience is these days, but for me as a trans person in high school in the early 2000s, um, high school is absolutely awful and um, everything ever seems like the hugest deal. But like once it's over, you'll learn most, nearly all of it is completely inconsequential to the rest of your life. And once it's over, it's over, and everything gets better. For people my age, vote and treat trans people better and treat people of color better. For grandparents, I would say, don't too, don't worry too much about about like what's gonna happen after, like you're gone or at least with my dad, that's been something he's worried about, like making sure I'm okay and that my sisters are gonna be okay. Um, I would say that my generation is strong and Gen Z is strong and Gen X is strong and we got this.
0: That's lovely, I, I really like that answer. Um, this is sort of the first time that has been answered in its like current form and that's a great, great start. So thank you for that. Um, and I do agree, I'm very happy with what I'm seeing. And obviously there's always room for improvement and growth, but yes. from what I'm seeing of sort of fellow millennials and, and Zoomers as they're being called in some, some spaces, like it's, uh, it is getting better and uh, you know, it's just taking time. But I think things are, you know, uh, what is it the was the phrase that I've heard the, uh, the arc of justice is long, but, but Ben's something, I don't know. I'll, I'll look it up and I'll stick it on the screen afterwards. Cause I, I, I can remember Adam Savage saying it from the Mythbusters or something like that. And I just can't quite pull it, but I'll move on. Um, so yeah, the kind of last question before we kind of do the start to do the ending parts, um, uh, is there any question, whether from this show itself or something completely unrelated, that you would like to ask me? And you don't have to, obviously. Um, I was going to ask how you got into streaming. It seems like a
1: fun hobby.
0: Um, so I don't actually stream this. It's all uh, pre-recorded, and then I like edit it, and then I post it. But um, so how I got into this, basically, the short version is. About seven years ago I was doing a podcast where it was just audio and I was interviewing people and I was actually asking them specifically about their their jobs or like their hobby if it was something that they were really knowledgeable about and just to learn from them and because I wanted to share I like learning and I like sharing what I learn uh, that's kind of my life cycle so uh, I was doing that for a couple of years and then that stopped and then later I was like I want to do that again and so I but I wanted to do it a little differently so i did a talk show and i was doing kind of like this but it was actually in person sitting next to the person and that one was really like random fact based and i had fun doing that but for various reasons it it couldn't continue and again after a couple of years of not doing it it's like man i really miss interviewing people i really enjoy it and i want to do it again and so that's kind of how this this came up and um it's like between those two projects and other things that I've seen and learned uh this is really like the culmination of all of that and um it's just I don't want to call it perfect but it's it's really great and I'm really glad I'm doing it so um yeah that's kind of the the short version I guess or (laughs) short-ish um yeah thanks for asking Mm um thank you for helping me (laughs) <laughs> um yeah I, I i only started giving people this opportunity a couple of episodes ago so i'm a little some people are going to ask like i was asking what's your favorite dinosaur and i that really caught me off guard but some questions i'll be able to be like i know what i'm going to say to this <laughs> um but yeah to get a little bit more serious again and to start to kind of uh i'll hit the uh stick the landing here i don't know what to call it otherwise. Um, Are there any specific causes or charities that you'd like to promote or raise awareness of? Um, I would like
1: to remind people that Black Lives Matter protests are still happening. Um, If you're in a major city, there's almost certainly one in your city, or I mean, they're almost certainly still happening in your city in large numbers. Um, If you're able to find a relevant organization and a protest buddy and put some boots on the ground. Maybe sign around.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I fully agree, and uh, as the viewers will be aware, there is a little Black Lives Matter button on the screen at all times um, because that is definitely something the show supports, and and I support, and I make sure with my guests beforehand, like just so you know, this is this is our uh, this is our stance. So. Hopefully I'm not going to have anyone try to trick me and get on here and be uh, a terrible person, (laughs) but you'll never see that because it won't air obviously. (laughs) Um, And when I say you'll never see it, I mean the audience. Um, Yeah. So I, I definitely agree with that. And uh, at the end of the show, I have a dedicated screen at the very, very end on YouTube that uh, lists like kind of a bunch of, uh, I want to say general charities, but that's kind of what they are. And it's also on the website, hatcollecting.com. So you can check there and um yeah uh so i guess we're we're going to do plugs now before we do our little hat sign off um so if anyone wants to find you and, and see what you do and and kind of like I, I don't know if you're on anything other than twitter or if you want to share anything other than twitter
1: um i'm just on twitter really um it's at okay billy bunny uh <laughs> O-K being the letters O and the letter K, um, and then just the name Billy and the word Bunny.
0: Is there a story behind that name? I've actually been curious.
1: (laughs) It's just um, was me being silly when I was in my early 20s, uh, and I haven't changed it.
0: Fair enough, yeah. I was like, if you ever did change that, cause I know your, your like display name is circuit broad, but if you ever changed that and I didn't remember the like at handle, I'd be like, oh my God, I can't find her now. Um, yeah, so, and oh, it was my plug. So I gotta try to keep these quick. Uh, I've got a lot of stuff as I, as I sort of mentioned before. So I actually just posted a couple of new designs to my merch store um, last night and uh the, so those are there and i'll put links in the show notes and everything i might even put a little thing up on the screen so you can see them the listeners obviously won't be able to see that but um they are um well one of them's more like lesbian centric and it's kind of a little bit cheeky and then the other one is uh trans femme specific and i've got a couple more i'm working on that just not quite ready yet um i also also oh, the website for that uh, artemismerch.com which some people have problems with it doesn't redirect properly for everyone uh, otherwise you can go redbubble.com people slash creates and that should take you there and yeah i have music on spotify itunes bandcamp all that stuff um, the theme music for the show is on there it's called the bronze age and I also have the curiosity guides, which is a series of educational eBooks that I've done over the last five years, and they're all available for free. Just, again, stuff I learned and, and I put it in a, in a digestible form for people. So you can go and get that and anything else. Uh, that's, I guess, pretty much, uh, again, the, um, the Nothing to Fear podcast and Quarantine Kitchen on uh, Instagram. I definitely think you should check those out um and yeah so we uh, we'll do our hat sign off and then uh, we will be doing uh switching over to do the bonus episode which goes on Patreon only so if you want to hear more from Caroline and some of the fun questions that I have for us um that's where you can do it so that's patreon.com/artemiscreates And yeah, so I guess, well, this is. I start to get really uh, excited and look forward to this. And I hope the viewers do too, because I have a big collection of hats here. And I'm always like, what's the guest going to have? And um, so now, yeah, I'm going to see. I didn't test if this hat fits over my my headphones yet. It might definitely just not. Okay, so that's the front.
1: I'm not sure how I'm going to work the headphones. Uh,
0: It'll be fun. It'll be an adventure. All right, well, I'll go first then. Oh, my God, that actually works really that's well. Pretty. It does
1: work well. <laughs> wow. I love the rose. Yeah. It's very red. Mine's also red. Well, kind of. It's red and purple. That's...
0: Yeah, you told me that. Uh, oh, go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. I was thought you were taking them off. <laughs> um, Caroline is currently adjusting her headphones so that she can put. Uh, oh, boy. That's. Oh my goodness. I love that. (laughs) Um, Yeah, you're muted. Yeah, there you go.
1: (laughs) I muted myself so that I would not make noise, adjusting my headset in awkward ways.
0: That's a ski Um, helmet? It's my ski helmet, yes. Yeah, okay. That's awesome. I love that. I can't fit it on my head, I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, that's okay. Um, yeah, no, I know. It's I appreciate the effort. Um I just got lucky with this one. Um yeah, so so because I have to remember for the listeners, so I am wearing um, I'm not sure what kind of hat you would call this. It's sort of like a bit like a like a fedora, but more of like a tube and less of a brim, and it's got like a a flower, like a fabric flower kind of thing on the front, and it's red, um, because we're both wearing red and Caroline is wearing a ski helmet, which is kind of like a purplish burgundy color, and uh, it has a pair of goggles that are like there's like a gradient happening there. It's from like like a like a royal purple to like a magenta to like an orange kind of yellowish orange. Something like that. Yeah, it looks really cool. I'm just like I'm transfixed. I'm like, ooh, shiny. (laughs)
1: Um, I'm not going to be able to hear anything momentarily, but I'm going to put my hat on all the way and pull the visor down because it seems silly.
0: Okay. (laughs) Oh, that made my day. Thank you for that. (laughs) Okay. Okay, that is done. Uh, That was amazing. (laughs) See, I like to grab a screenshot when we're both wearing our hats. And so that was a great spot. I'm going to grab that one for sure. (laughs) Excellent. Now my hair is a poof. Yes, it is. Um, Which mine would be too if, uh, yeah. My hair is now permanently attached to my headset. (laughs) Oh, no. okay well we better stop down and let you get a chance to detangle that so we can do the bonus. <laughs> but um thank you for again for thank you for watching thank you for listening and again if you want to check out the bonus episodes they're on patreon and there's going to be other bonus content there as well and again patreon.com slash artemiscreates uh check out caroline on twitter at okay bunny and i'm at artemiscreates actually sorry on twitter and instagram i'm artemis underscore creates because somebody else took it without the underscore first but everywhere else i'm just artemis creates but yeah we're gonna we're gonna stop this now and, oh wait we have to oh yeah sorry i forgot we have to actually try all the way put my hat back on wave uh goodbye um no don't worry about it you you've got like your headset's kind of hat anyways <laughs> oh yeah you can hold it up okay that works. All right, so yeah, we will, we will um, wave. Uh, <laughs> I will, yeah, there you go. <laughs> so thank you for watching. And uh, until next time, uh, thanks for collecting hats with us.